welcome everybody. You are listening to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast on this Friday, August 28th, 2020. We're almost at the end of the month, so that means football season's coming. Alex Scott's Poster is back again right here. So a couple topics to talk about today. We have the scrimmage today, the blue and white scrimmage at MetLife Stadium. That's going to be on Take Delay tomorrow. Some of the highlights will be on there. We also have some other camp news. Then we got roster predictions. Roster prediction time. I won't be able to do them next week because I will be away. But I'll still get a podcast episode out on Friday. Next Friday, of course, before the roster cutdowns happen. But I just wanted to get everything in here. I'm also planning on doing final record predictions for the New York Giants this season. Seeing how that plays out next Friday. Along with some other camp news and who could possibly be cut, you know. But my final roster predictions are coming today. Also, we got the Mets preview. We have a five-game set against them, two doubleheaders, and then one regular game. One regular nine-inning game. Unfortunately, these seven-inning games are for doubleheaders. I think that's kind of stupid, but, you know, it's not up to me. It's up to the commissioner of baseball. So I'm only going to go a little bit into this giant scrimmage topic and, of course, the camp news. They didn't cancel yesterday's practice due to the Jacob Blake shooting, however, you know, whatever side feels on it, I'm not going to get too much into it because it is a sticky subject and uh, politics and other stuff get involved and I would like to at least avoid that, but I support both sides and their reasoning of protests and whatever they feel, of course, but to move on from that subject, the scrimmage will be on tape delay tomorrow with highlights on NBC4 New York, I'm pretty sure it will also be on I think Sunday or Monday as well, but Saturday everybody's going to be watching the highlights on NBC 40 York, or at least who the ones can get it, and it will also be on the Giants website as well. But unfortunately, the beat writers will not be providing updates because you cannot tweet live from at least Jordan Ronan saying it that you can't tweet live. I guess it's because some strict rules or whatever. I don't think it has anything to do with the playbook. I just think it's like strict rules or whatever with live tweeting. But it has nothing to do with the playbook because I'm pretty sure the beat writers don't go, oh, he was in this set and he was split out wide and it's this and that and the other thing. I'm pretty sure they're not going to go into depth to describe what they saw of the playbook. They'll just say Daniel Jones completed a 10-yard pass to Caden Smith, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they're going to go too much depth into it. But as I just said, no live tweeting. So we will not have updates till either later tonight or obviously on Saturday when they do air the Giants highlight reel from the scrimmage. So that will be exciting to see. I mean, it's not going to be the full game probably. I don't know if it is, if it isn't, but it probably won't be the full game. But at least it's highlights is Giants football. Obviously, before we get to see them on Monday Night Football and before everything with football goes back and you know Thursday Night Football and then we finally get back to regular football season. I mean, it's not going to be regular because there's no fans, but at least we're seeing some shade of football again. Now, for the players, this is basically the fourth preseason game. I'm going to put it out there right now. That's my expectation. If you have not showcased any talent or have been having a quiet camp and you don't know if you're on the roster yet, make the impact right now. Make the impact right now in the game when it happens. Because, again, this is like the fourth preseason game. Guys who need to be filled out on the roster or whatever. You need a backup guard. You need a backup defensive back to play special teams. That is where the fourth preseason game comes into play. 
These guys are ready for these situations because a lot of them have been playing preseason for a while. And obviously the rookie is a different story. But regarding to preseason subjects and the other stuff as well, this is for guys that need to make an impact. This is like Sean Chandler, Josiah Taufa, for guys on special teams, undrafted rookies that need to make an impact. So again, I know I said this for the third time, but it's basically the fourth preseason game. You need a backup tackle, backup tight end, backup running back. I don't know. Those guys, the undrafted rookies, the veterans, that stuff, those players that need to make the roster, they need to make their impact here. I'm not saying they don't have another week of practice before they get cut, but this is game action and you want to take advantage of it. Yes, 7 and 7. Yes, 7 on 7s and 11 on 11s is game-like in a certain situation, but it's not a game. And Joe Judge is doing these scrimmages and doing some tackling drills. So right here is the best opportunity for these guys and the guys at the low end of the roster to at least work their way up, either get a practice squad spot, 16-man this year, or at least get a backup spot on the roster. You know, at least make a roster spot. For backup quarterbacks, this is going to be good as well. As I mentioned, obviously I'll go into my predictions later, McCoy, Tanny, and Rush, those guys are trying to make the roster here. They're keeping three QBs. They got four QBs right now. So one's going to have to get cut pretty much like last season. And the season before that case, Cookus is gone. He was gone with the 80-man roster cuts going down from 90 to 80. So now someone else needs to get cut as well. I'm pretty sure they're not keeping four quarterbacks. Real quickly, though, before we get to the roster predictions, the Mets preview, and a couple of the stuff after that, I just want to say, you know, it's a tough loss for losing Xavier McKinney and David Mayo. It's a tough loss. You know, there were doubts about whether McKinney was going to start week one. He would at least get an opportunity. And fortunately, he's going to be out with a broken foot for the next three months. And sad to say, hope he gets a speedy recovery. David Mayo, as much as people don't like him in pass coverage or as a backup, whatever, he would have had a good special teams role and a good tackling role in the run game. But I guess this is the point where, again fourth preseason game like right here last scrimmage you're coming in here and got a bunch of linebackers to fill that position because you know David Mayo is going to be out for a couple weeks and you're saying okay which of these guys goes best with our linebacking core and could replace Mayo for the first couple weeks and maybe after that as well so for David Mayo and Xavier McKinney real quick I didn't want to get too much into it I hope those guys get better they are key players for this team whether you like it or not whether whoever says it or not but hopefully they get better and our defense gets better along the way but it is a tough loss especially for Xavier McKinney because he was supposed to be a playmaker for this team David Mayo was a good linebacker last year when he came in for all the injured linebackers and he was a force even though our defense was one of the worst in the league he was a force tackling uh covering a little bit doing what he could doing what he could and he occasionally got a sack on a blitz or whatever but he's a key player, whether you like it or not, if he's a backup or a starter. But again, tough loss for the defense. And this defense might not be great at the start of the season because you got a bunch of rookies. And, you know, a lot of people predicting that offenses are going to be way ahead of defenses. And defenses might suck for the first half of the season if you are not in the same scheme as you were last year. Now, obviously, defensive coaches change the type of scheme or they change the type of defense they want to be. They want to be a run-stopping defense. They want to be pass-stopping defense, so on and so forth. So it changes every year, but it's going to be difficult for new defenses this year to at least, you know, 
get used to things. And with the rookies that the Giants have on this team, it's not going to be too easy. But it should be a little pinch, maybe easier, maybe not easier than last year. Because obviously it was preseason last year, but you had rookies flying all over the field. And also, we don't know who officially yet is going to become that number two corner. I don't believe it will be Brandon Williams, because right now... James Bradbury is number one, and Darnay Holmes has been getting that start at the number two corner spot. And will he struggle in the beginning? Probably. But I don't know if Brandon Williams is a safe bet at number two corner and who's going to start on the slot and so on and so forth there. But without further ado, let's get into roster predictions. All right, everyone, it is roster prediction time. Even though next Friday I'll be able to do a podcast, I just wanted to get out today because I was so excited to at least come out with these predictions. And we'll see how everything else turns out. But anyway, let's get to them right away. Drum roll, please. For the quarterback room, Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy, and Cooper Rush. Here is why I picked those two besides Daniel Jones. Colt McCoy, he has more game experience than Alex Tanney, Cooper Rush. He knows the offense better than Alex Tanney. Yes, Alex Tanney has chemistry with his teammates, but I don't think that's going to lift him enough to be able to get on this 53, and he's going to be looking somewhere else for an opportunity. In the running back room, Saquon Barkley, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, and Elijah Penny. I know some people are going to be mad at me because I didn't put Javon Leak on the roster, but I have a hint to that. That will come later on, of course, and I'll explain why and the rules in the NFL behind it. In the wide receiver room, Golden Tate, David Sills, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Benjamin Victor, and Corey Coleman. Why these couple? Now, David Sills, he's impressed in camp so far. He's impressed more than Alex Bachman has. Bachman has been having a good camp, but I just think that David Sills gets the height over him. Benjamin Victor has been very good all this camp. I've hyped him up ever since the start of camp and even before that. I've looked at his film and stuff. He's a good receiver and he can go up and get it. He's 6'4". That's something the Giants offense needs. They had Amari Cooper in Dallas to incorporate that guy that can go up and get it. Now it's Benjamin Victor's turn. I'm not saying all the receiving is going to go to him, but when they need somebody who can go up and get it, Victor can be that guy. Corey Coleman... Another guy that we've been talking about that's been on the roster bubble and a couple of other things as well, whether he's going to make the roster or not, I think he's impressed way enough to get on this roster. It's his final shot with the Giants. Let's see if he can make an impact on kick returning special teams and, and occasionally go up and get the football or at least go in the receiving game. Hopefully Jason Garrett gets him somewhat involved and keeps every receiver somewhat involved so that way we have a good offense. Now let's go to the tight end room. Levine Toy Lolo. Evan Ingram and Caden Smith. Those three receivers were kind of the make-its from the beginning, but they did face some competition and are facing competition right now from Eric Tomlinson, Bryson John, and also Garrett Dickerson. Now, I never really was impressed with Garrett Dickerson. I'm like, okay, he's there to be there. He's usually there to block, not really receive. Eric Tomlinson, more like the same thing, but I would probably pick him over... Garrett Dickerson, in most cases, Rice and John. He could make the practice squad, but I just don't see him making the final roster. I don't think I've heard enough of impressive comments about Rice and John. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying that. I just haven't heard a lot of coaches talk, or at least from 
the coaches' interviews and that stuff to say that Rice and John will make the roster. So now, in one of the important rooms of them all, especially for this year, the offensive line room, Andrew Thomas, Will Hernandez, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Matt Peart, Cameron Fleming, Spencer Pulley, and Kevin Zeitler. Now, this was really not something that hard to think about. I don't think that Kyle Murphy is going to make the roster immediately, or Tyler Haycraft. I know they've been working him at center. I've seen from the inside look at training camp videos. They could possibly place one of them on the practice squad, or even both of them. 60-man practice squads this season, and I'm actually not going to predict that. I predicted that in the past. I'm not going to predict it now because you have 60-man practice squads, and most likely some of those players are coming over from other teams. Now, these roster predictions are not 100% correct. Whatever you do, anytime, even if you get maybe 90% correct, you have players that are coming over on the waiver wire. That's just the way that goes. So you could have somebody like Corey Coleman cut or whatever to make a spot for somebody that's coming over on the waiver wire that you feel can make an impact on your team. That's what Gettleman has done from time and time again. Picked up Spencer Poli on there, picked up Antonio Hamilton, picked up a lot of other guys and contributors for the team in the past couple of years. And Jerry Reese has done the same whether you like him or not. So shifting to the defense now, here's the defensive line room. Leonard Williams, B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, Austin Johnson, and R.J. McIntosh. I think those couple of guys make it. I know one of the guys, Dalen Mack, could make it as well. I could be wrong on that one, but I feel that he's been here for a little bit of a short time and I don't know if he's impressed the coaches. I don't know if he hasn't. And his name has really been quiet. I mean, he could be having a good camp and we don't know about it. That could be my mistake. And I could say, okay, I made this mistake. And he actually makes the roster. He could make the practice squad in my predictions. I don't know. But as I said, I'm not predicting that he makes the roster. I'm predicting that he could make the practice squad maybe. As I said before, I'm not going into practice squad predictions because it's going to be 16-man and you're actually going to have to go over to other teams and see who is possible being picked up. But I'm not leaving Dalen Mack to say, oh, he's never going to make the roster, he's never going to make the practice squad. It's probable. I could be wrong. I could be wrong on some of these predictions. I could be wrong on all of them. I don't know. Now let's go into the linebacker room. Start off with the outside linebackers working in. So let's go with O'Shane Ziminis, Lorenzo Carter, Marcus Golden, Kyler Fackrell, Cam Brown, Blake Martinez, David Mayo, Ryan Connolly, Devontae Downs, and Josiah Tawa I feel like Cam Brown has quietly impressed over this camp. Devontae Downs has gotten some praise for Joe Judge. Now, I'm not saying everybody that gets praised is going to make the roster. No, that doesn't happen. If that happened, I'm pretty sure they would keep all of the guys. I'm pretty sure they'd keep all 80 guys. But for the linebacker room, Devontae Downs has impressed. Josiah Tauefa has impressed. Uh, I think Cam Brown's going to make the roster. I don't think that Carter Coughlin will make it on his first try. I think he'll be officially going to the practice squad. That's my opinion. Obviously, we drafted TJ Brunson and Tay Crowder as well. I think they will be heading to the practice squad as well. If they could get them to the waiver wire, I think they will. But I don't know what other teams are thinking. Now let's go to the defensive backs room. Chris Williamson. Corey Ballantyne, James Bradbury, Darnay Holmes, and Brandon Williams. Also, with some of the safeties interchangeable to cornerback, Sean Chandler, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers, and Nate Ebner. 
Now, here is my theory on this, and it's not really a theory, it's more like of a rule kind of thing. Now, in the past couple of years, I don't know if they change it this year, if you got put on IR before making the 53-man roster, you were out for the season. You had to be waived in injury settlement if you actually wanted a chance of making another roster. And you'd probably have to request your release or whatever, or the team would have to waive you with an injury settlement in order for you to make another roster when you're healthy again. But unfortunately, Cody Core does not have that because he tore his Achilles and now he's out for the season, so we'll see what happens next year with him. It's kind of like a Corey Coleman thing. So that's why I'm saying that McKinney makes the roster, because when you have him make the roster, and you put him on IR after the 53 man is loaded, you put him on IR, and then you elevate somebody from the practice squad. So I think that person could be Javon Leak. I don't know that they'll keep five running backs. I think that's a little insane, but... You could also have somebody else make the roster like an extra defensive back. I think the linebackers, in my predictions, are pretty stacked. So I don't think they'll need that. Maybe Dalen Mack. Maybe he could be uploaded from the practice squad. David Mayo is going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's not going to really need IR. He'll just be inactive for the first couple of games. That's obviously referencing back to the rule I just mentioned. So Chris Williamson, I think he could make it as well. And Sean Chandler as well. Only because I think Chandler... He's another guy on special teams. You lost Cody Core, you lost Michael Thomas, you lost Antonio Hamilton. Those are some main special teams contributors over the last two years. And now you lose them, and you need some guys to contribute on special teams. So I think George Sayatawa Effa is one guy. Nate Ebner, Sean Chandler, Elijah Penny. Those guys can contribute on special teams, and that's why I have them making the roster. I'm not saying that they won't go out and get somebody. And which they will. They will go out and get somebody on the waiver wire, maybe to contribute on special teams, an offensive lineman. I don't know. I don't know that story. I don't know the future. I don't look ahead in the future in that case and making predictions from other teams who the Giants are going to get on the waiver wire. However, in this case, I do have those couple making the roster only because of the special teams aspect and how important it is to have a good special teams to at least impact the game. I know Joe Judge is going to preach that. So is Thomas Begehi, the special teams coordinator. And then Brandon Williams is another one. He's going to be making a special teams impact as well. That's why I have him making the roster. He is the second oldest corner in the cornerback room. And I'm going to have him be the second oldest cornerback in the cornerback room. Because I don't think Grant Haley is going to make the roster. I mean, Williams is older than Haley. But I don't think Grant Haley's going to make the roster unless they find some position that's good for him. He's really not impressed this camp. I know he gave up a couple of touchdowns to tall receivers like David Sills. I think Benjamin Victor may have been another one. I have to go back and look. But he has not had an impressive camp showing on the highlights. So I don't think he gets another chance with the Giants. He could go on the practice squad. Again, that practice squad eligibility runs three years deep. 2018-2019-2020 for Grant Haley. But could they give him another opportunity? I don't know, but I don't have them doing that since they have enough DBs in that room and they have enough special teams contributors. So for the final part, obviously, of the roster predictions, and I'll say who's cut at the end, special teams, the real core special teams, kicker Graham Gano, Casey Kreider, the long snapper, and punter Riley Dixon. Those are all immediate make-its unless one of them is injured. Now let's go take a look at who is getting cut from my predictions. Alex Tanney, the quarterback. Running back Javon Leak, wide receiver Alex Bachman, running back Tavian Feaster, running back Sandra Plusgummer, wide receiver CJ Board. He could make the roster again as a special team contributor, but I don't think that he will. 
Derek Dillon, the LSU wide receiver, he's got some good route running skills, but I think he could make the practice squad. Same with Austin Mack. He could make the practice squad as well. He's a really good route runner as well. Tight end Rice and John could make the practice squad. Tight end Garrick Dickerson. I don't know if the Giants retired him yet because he's been with the team two years and he's not really showed anything special. Eric Tomlinson, his eligibility has run out, obviously, and he's a veteran tight end, but I don't think he'll make the roster. You have Levine Toilolo for that blocking reason. Offensive guard Chad Slade, I think that he had a great preseason last year, but without that, I don't think they keep nine offensive linemen. I think they keep eight here, and they stick it to their young core. I'm not saying Chad Slade is terrible. He was good last year in preseason and showed, really, that he could be a backup guard. Unfortunately, he was never really active. Kyle Murphy, Tyler Haycraft, those guys can end up with the practice squad. Haycraft has been working at center. Jackson Dennis, I don't know too much about, so I'm going to put him as a cut and possibly can make the practice squad. He's an undrafted free agent. Defensive end Nico Lelos, don't know much about him, but I haven't really heard of him in camp for enough to make the roster. He's more of an undrafted free agent, of course. Chris Slayton, he was the seventh-round draft pick out of Syracuse last year. Didn't get to play a whole lot last season, of course, because he was on the practice squad that elevated to the active roster and then was inactive for the Eagles game, so we didn't get to see him in live action at all when it counted. Dalen Mack, the fifth-round draft pick of the Ravens last year, as I mentioned before, he could make the roster if they make a move with Xavier McKinney going on IR and maybe elevating him from the practice squad or doing something with the defensive line or whatever, but for right now, I have him being cut. Seventh round draft pick out of Minnesota, Carter Coughlin. I have him being cut and put on the practice squad. Same thing with TJ Brunson. Defensive back Christian Angulo, I have the same as well because he has been a quiet guy in camp, but I feel like he could do something for the Giants and possibly either the long run or something on special teams this year if he gets the opportunity on the roster. Now, there also is a chance of DeAndre Baker coming back on the roster or whatever on the exempt list because apparently. The exempt list still counts towards the 53 man. So if he makes the roster, someone else could be cut. And therefore, when McKinney goes on IR, they could probably take somebody off the practice squad or do whatever. But I have him being cut. I don't think the Giants wait too long on him. I think that they just go ahead and make the cuts. The trial is actually supposed to get going soon. I don't know when. But I think they are officially done with Baker because... Obviously, he's from the exempt list. Nothing has come up in innocence of him since the time that everybody came out with reports that he paid off the witnesses along with Quentin Dunbar, who apparently is innocent, and I think he was taken off the exempt list. I mean, there's a lot of holes in that story, but we'll see how that goes. Defensive back Jukarius Landrews, he could go to the practice squad, but haven't heard much on him during training camp, so... He could either go to the practice squad or at least be cut and signed with another team. Drayvon Askew-Henry, he's had some struggles in training camp performing as a corner and a safety, even though he did have a good coverage grade in the XFL. This is differently. This is the NFL. Defensive back Jaron Williams out of Auburn, he could possibly go to the practice squad, but obviously haven't been cut right now. Defensive back Montre Hartage, he could possibly fill that void when McKinney goes on IR. And he could possibly fill that void either on special teams or part-time in Patrick Graham's defense. He was with Miami last year, and he could be somewhat of a contributor on some part on the field. Now, defensive back Prince Smith, I have him being cut. Haven't heard much about him, really quiet, but I have him being cut. 
And finally, linebacker Tay Crowder. He's going to the practice squad, in my opinion. He did make a couple of impact plays in the last scrimmage before this one. But I just have him making the practice squad and then eventually probably finding his way on the Giants roster towards the end of the season or even towards the mid of the season, probably after the bye week or whatever. The last guy I forgot to mention, but I've got to mention him here. I'm not going to forget him. Eric Smith, the offensive tackle. Obviously, last year, he was on the waiver wire. The Giants picked him up. He appeared in one game as he was the substitute tackle for Nate Solder when Solder was out with a concussion against the Jets. And he filled a left tackle, gave up two sacks and a couple of pressures. Didn't do so well. Obviously, he's a backup, but... I think with this young core of tackles and guards we have, I don't think there is any place for Eric Smith. So now I'm going to go into my roster predictions from last year and see how many I got correct, how many I didn't get correct, and how many, you know, just percentage-wise also, how many I got correct and whatever. So let's go from there. Now I'm going to go over the players, obviously, but to calculate, I was 85% correct, rounding off from... 84.9% going to 85. So here are the players that I predicted. I'll show the graphic here. Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, Alex Tanney in the quarterback room, running back room, Saquon Barkley, Rod Smith, Wayne Gallman, Paul Perkins, Elijah Petty, wide receiver room, TJ Jones, Benny Fowler, Darius Slayton, Russell Shepard, Cody Latimer, Sterling Shepard, tight end room, Rhett Ellison, Evan Ingram, Scott Simonson, C.J. Conrad for the offensive line room, Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, John Halapio, Kevin Zeitler, Mike Remmers, George Asafoa J, Chad Wheeler, Nick Gates, Chad Slade, and Spencer Pulley. Here comes the defense. Jabril Peppers, Antoine Buffet, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Baker, Janoris Jenkins, Sam Beal, Julian Love, Grant Haley, Corey Ballantyne, Antonio Hamilton. Now for the defensive line, B.J. Hill, R.J. McIntosh, Olsen Pierre, Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, John Jenkins. For the linebackers, Lorenzo Carter, Ryan Connolly, Ty Davis, Marcus Golden, Alec Ogletree, Nate Stupar, No Shane Zimenez. For the special teams part, obviously, Aldrick Rosas, Riley Dixon, and Zach Diossi. Now before I go into who I got wrong, I'll present the preseason cuts that I predicted. And I'm pretty sure that I'm right, at least on most of them, if not all of them, actually. I'll take a look here, obviously. Kyle Oletta, Britton Golden, Damari Scott, Alex Wesley, Garrett Dickerson, Jake Powell, Evan Brown, Josiah Tau-Effa, Sean Chandler, Terrell Sinkfield, Kenny Ladler, Henry Tolliver, Ronald Zamort, Johnny Townsend, Tabor Pepper, Malcolm Bunch, Brian Mahalik, Victor Salako, Jake Ceresna, BJ Goodson, who actually got traded to the Packers, Joey Alfieri, Keon Adams, Jonathan Anderson, and Terrence Fiday. Now, the one I did get wrong was Sean Chandler because he actually made the roster, but I'll tell you who I got wrong with the actual roster predictions, not the cuts. So here are the eight people that I got wrong. John Jenkins, Scott Simonson, George Safoa J, Chad Wheeler, Rod Smith, TJ Jones, CJ Conrad, and Nate Stupar. Now, Jenkins, he had an impressive first game for the Giants against the Jets and then pretty much faded off into the atmosphere. Scott Simonson, he made a couple of drops, but was also injured 
and he got put on IR. He didn't make the official 53 before he went on IR. He had to be waived with an injury settlement in order to play for another team and get released and whatnot. Uh, next guy, George Safawa J. He had the same issue. Obviously, had a concussion and then was put on IR before he made the 53-man, so I was wrong on that one. Chad Wheeler, the same. He was dealing with an injury and he was waived later on in the season with an injury settlement. Rod Smith, the same. He had a concussion. TJ Jones was just cut, and then he obviously came back the next week when the Giants were short on receivers, and he played against the Buffalo Bills. CJ Conrad, he was very impressive in camp. In the preseason games, he didn't show a lot. He dropped some key passes that ended up having him get cut. And then finally, Nate Stupar, he did come back in week four or five he played against the Vikings that's what I know of because of all the shortage of linebackers and whatever but he was cut from the final roster going down to 53 and then he was resigned weeks later I'm obviously not counting that so for roster predictions from last year I had 85 percent correct obviously estimated 84.9 rounded up to 85 hopefully I get about the same or even a little more obviously you cannot predict everything that happens because the waiver wire exists and I know Dave Gettleman is a big fan of that and actually got a couple people last year Cody Core being one of them replacing Alonzo Russell and a lot of Giants fans were mad about that so those roster predictions and the roster predictions from last year obviously this whole subject is brought to you by all to do with gaming.com save up to 30% off on your whole entire order stop going to Best Buy and GameStop for cheap gaming products when you can go to alltodowithgaming.com and order online now. With the promo code, of course, BigBlue30. That is BigBlue30, like in the first name of the podcast. Moving into the Yankees subject, we obviously play the Mets three days, five games. So one of them being not a doubleheader, mostly 14-inning days where it's 7-7, seven and 7-7 seven, seven and seven again, and then you have a regular 9. So that would equal 37 innings in five days. But it's going to be a lot for the Yankees since they are actually doing a bullpen day in Game 2. I'm not happy about that. Obviously, it's happening today. Jordan Montgomery is getting to start in Game 1 against Michael Waka. Now, I don't know all the starters that are going to start in the order because it doesn't show on ESPN or either outlet. So I'm going to preview all the Yankees starters and their last starts and see you know what they could do. But I'm just going to go my stats here and obviously implement what happened to that start after they came out of the game of course so without further ado let's get right to it I'm going to start off with Jordan Montgomery and what he did his last start so his last start was against Boston they won six to three he did not get the win because he only pitched three and two thirds Michael King got the win he will probably be making an appearance this series because of the bullpen game and if not they will need some extra lengthy bullpen arms for either the bullpen day or another game if they don't have relievers so Montgomery went three and two thirds innings pitched last time, three hits, one earned run, one run, four Ks, and 49 pitches. So Montgomery hasn't been perfect this year, but other than Cole, I would say he's been middle middle, and J Hap has been as well, who I'm going to preview next. But Montgomery has been middle middle for this rotation. He hasn't been great, he hasn't been Cy Young, but he also hasn't been terrible. But he hasn't been James Paxton before his IL stint where Paxton could not win a game. So Jay Happ is next, five and two-thirds innings pitches, obviously against the Red Sox. He only gave up one home run, and that was to Alex Verdugo. Five and two-thirds innings pitches mentioned, one earned run, that's the homer, three hits, two walks, three Ks, 75 pitches. So not a bad start, but not something that you would want to 
perform like in the future, obviously with the two walks and the three Ks. You might want to bump that K total up, but Jay Happ has had better starts than that in the past, and I think he could work above that. I don't like Jay Happ because every year when Cashman trades for a pitcher, they end up not working the next year, Paxton being one of them. So to take a look at Garrett Cole, he had five innings pitched in his last start, two walks, five earned runs, five hits, nine Ks, three homers. Probably his worst start as a Yankee, getting his first loss as a Yankee as well, 103 pitches in those five innings as well. And then Sessa came in for the final one inning because it was a doubleheader, and obviously seven innings only happen in doubleheaders. It's not nine innings. Now, let's go to Tanaka, who started the next game against the Braves. Five innings pitched, three hits, 4K, 66 pitches. Now, everybody has an issue, and I had an issue with this too. Why would you take Masahiro Tanaka out after 66 pitches in five innings? I'm sorry he's not at 50 pitches in five innings. I'm sorry it's not by 10. I'm sorry he doesn't have 10 pitches in inning, Aaron Boone. But this is ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous because whether we make the playoffs or not, whether it's extended playoffs or not, I would like to win the division. Right now, we're two and a half games back. That doesn't help us at all. So today, against the Mets, we need to do something. And we need to do something big. Because if the Mets win three games, they are at 500. And they could be going up in the division thanks to our help. And then the the East teams will be blaming us. So whether Boone makes a boneheaded move and puts somebody in for a pitcher that's doing well and has a low pitch count for their innings, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say anymore because Boone has made way too many of these decisions. Everybody's saying fire Boone, fire Cashman, fire this one, fire that one. It's not going to help because they're not going to do it in the end because he is over... 100 games won in the past two seasons not including this year and that's what all the broadcasters are going to preach oh you can't do this to Boone because he has over 100 games won in the past two years that's what they'll preach to you now do I agree with firing Boone no I don't honestly but I think there needs to be a change in something in the way they do things because why would you put Chad Green in when literally your pitcher could possibly pitch a complete game if he doesn't get into trouble and then you're going to take him out, and Chad Green gives up a two-run shot to Freddie Freeman. That's unacceptable. And that is not a Tanaka move. That's not a Green move. That's an Aaron Boone move. That's a front office move. I don't care who it comes from. This needs to stop right now because you're literally threatening our playoff chances, and a couple teams could jump in front of us. Who knows? It's extended playoffs this year, but I would still like the division. I'm sorry. I expect that every year with the team we have right now. And the Mets have won... One of the last three games, and that was against the Marlins. And we were supposed to be Ian Anderson. But what happened? The offense totally gave up, and Luke Voigt hit the only run off of him, which was a homer. He hit the only home run slash run off of him. We made Ian Anderson look like a Cy Young, because we don't know how to start an offense when we face a pitcher that we never faced before. We make him look like a Cy Young. That's the Yankee way. Face a pitcher for the first time on occasion, I'm going to make him look like a Cy Young and he's going to strike out all of our batters. That can't happen anymore. I'm sorry, can't happen in this series. You could say, oh, the Mets have a crappy pitching staff, they have a crappy bullpen. Well, the Yankees need to optimize on it and need to perform on it or else we don't win the series and we fall more out of favor than we are right now. I know it's not much of an analyzation as you guys probably want. But that's pretty much how you could sum it up at this point. Because Boone is making stupid decisions. So is the front office. The offense isn't performing. So let's get the ball rolling, people. 
and let's start winning some games again because if we get swept by the Mets or the series taken by the Mets, I'm not going to be happy. So that concludes this episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Support us on our social media pages, Big Blue in the Bronx, Instagram and Twitter. Also, our podcasts are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, and CastBox. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next Friday because Tuesday I will be away. Thank you, guys.